What can you recommend for an absolute beginner? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about games as they'd like to know. Now, you can't make a good game recommendation if you don't know anything about who's playing, but what if they don't know either? Welcome back to The Snakes Cast. With me once again this week, Amanda McKnight. Hey there. And rejoining us, Emily Finnerty. Hi. Thanks for coming back to the show. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. Oh, right. Now, we recommend all kinds of games to all kinds of people, and we've talked about what to do when someone only wants something vaguely fun. But we haven't really talked about what to do for someone who's never really played a game before, at least not since they were, like, ten. Do you get people like this very often? All the time. Mm. Like All the time. Like, every day in my life. <laughs> is, is, is it usually couples? It is for me. Yes. A lot of the time, couples. Why is it couples so often, do you think? Well, I think that in the cafe specifically, um, we're billed as a very good spot to go on dates, which is true. It's entirely true. It's nice to have something to do with somebody besides just talking to them. You know, like sometimes going on dates and if you have nothing to say, then you're like, ugh. But here you have a board (laughs) game to play, so it's okay. You know, you're filling out the time. You don't have to, like, make aggressive eye contact the entire time. Plus you learn about them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get a lot of people that both don't know anything about each other and also don't really know anything about board games, but have heard this is a good place to be with somebody that you're going on a date with. So it's possible that these are people who have, like, never played board games before in their life, but they've heard such good things, and everyone has so much fun there, and people, like, go on first dates and then get married and take engagement photos there, you know? (laughs) There's this, like, weird, like, board game date culture now, I feel. It was a thing. It's also, like, um, the fact that Snakes is, like, a theme a theme place, right? Like it's a theme cafe, a theme bar. Yeah. There's this idea of if you're coming to Toronto, to Toronto and, and you want to do something, well, what do we do? Well, there's this really cool like theme bar where you can like play board games. Oh, that sounds really cool. So I can like have a beer, play a board game, have some food and like a bunch of us can go. Oh, that's cool. Then they get there and they're like, so what have we played before? Monopoly. Oh boy. They're like, we're not going to play Monopoly with all of us. We want to play something, but we just have no idea because that's, you know, all some people have played before. Some people even don't, don't even know what Monopoly is too. I run into people all the time who are like, I don't know. I heard Monopoly was good. And I'm like, you've wow. never played Monopoly? <laughs> like you're not missing out on much. No. But like you should probably play Monopoly. Just like, to like just understand to that. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> the, the play thing, Monopoly, then play, and then I'll show you something. Yeah. That you'll be go. like, what? The thing, too, is that, like, part of the service we offer is that there will be people there to teach you board games, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and that's sometimes that's what people want. Like, they want to be told what's up by somebody people that knows what they're that. talking about. Exactly, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, like, board games, while not a new hobby, like, the kind of, like, the resurgence of board games is, like, semi-recent, and there are a lot of people that, you know again like Amanda was saying like didn't really play that many board games when they were growing up or like if they did they have like the very small like yeah like Monopoly Uno Scrabble that sort of thing but they're really stoked on the idea of board games and they but they just don't know where to start and then they start with us because that's a thing that we like pride ourselves on it's like come here we'll show you great stuff it'll be awesome I think we forget sometimes how much game gurus at Snakes and Lattes are relied upon and the staff there are relied upon and people come and they think it'll be this this awesome experience where someone can just hold our hand and, and teach us all of the stuff. So we don't really have to worry about it. So they don't really think about like what they're going to do. And then they get there and then they're like, now we got to figure it out. And that's where we come in. 
So I've got this routine that I use for that particular situation. I've been using it for quite a while, and I'm starting to think that maybe it's getting a little bit stale. And I'm hoping you guys can have a bit of criticism and some ideas for me to help freshen it up a bit. Uh, the idea of a sampler platter really captures a lot of people's attention. And I say, okay, what if I bring like a couple of little games? I actually use the phrase sampler platter, and that usually causes their eyes to light up because it's something I know from another context. Uh, I'll bring you a couple of really quick games from a few different categories, and you can try those, and then you'll have some idea of which kind of games you like and which kinds you don't like. And I say, okay, sure, that's great. So I bring them over to their table. I'll bring them uh, like Kalami, so they have a strategy game. I'll bring them Ghost Blitz, so they have a reflex game. Uh, Quizniac, so they have a trivia game. And um, Zombie Dice, so they have a press your luck game. And the fact that they don't know what a press your luck game is most of the time means you get to introduce that. No, God, that's cool. And um, usually, so the idea is that they'll play all of these things because they each take like 10 or 15 minutes. And then they'll have an idea of what they like and don't like, and we can sort of take it from there. That's the theory. In practice, I think I could maybe count on the fingers of one time how many times that's actually gone through that way. Usually what will happen instead is that I'll see them um, sometime after that with one of those games laid out in front of them, and they're engaged deeply in conversation now and enjoying each other's company and stuff. Like, is that a failure in that case? Is that, does that mean that, 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 that the, the trick didn't work, or does that mean that it's good? Um, I think in ways it kind of means both. I mean, it means that they obviously were brought to a point where they felt like they could now like sort of go on without having that mm. but so that means they probably played something connected and were like we need to now talk about yeah like life. we're engaging socially we're, we're which making is part of eye contact yeah mm. yeah like part of the point of board games is we're doing stuff in real life and <laughs> but at the company. same time it's like that idea of when you give someone games and they don't play the games you're kind of like Oh, oh man, they didn't, that means that now they're they're you. so distracted by something else that they that they have become unengrossed in what you gave them. So I mean, I think it's a bit of both. I think the problem with the sampler platter and the problem we all run into when we do it is that it doesn't really speak to answering that person's question. People, when they ask you, I think what they want is they want you to like read their mind and give them the game, right? <laughs> and and that's not always going to work. But I remember when I was a customer, and I was a bit more of a descriptive customer where I would come in and kind of have an idea of what I wanted to play at least, but uh, trying to find out what sparks their interest in games is, I think, the best way to figure out what to recommend. What are some signs you can watch for in terms of either body language or choices of words? What, what are some giveaways that you find can be useful for an absolute beginner who has no idea what they want to sort of give you a direction to begin? I would say the categories. When I look at people at a wall... Uh, what section they're in. And if they look like they are looking at stuff in that section or if they look like they are totally lost. Like if someone's in party and they look like they're looking everywhere and oh, they yeah. just are like, where do I go for the strategy? Like, how many times have you had a couple just make a beeline for the party game section and not look anywhere mm -hmm. else? Yeah. And, and that'll give you an idea, though, of what types of games they're into, whether or not you go up and, and you go, what are you into? And they're like, I have no idea. I'm like, well, I see that you're in the word games, so I'm assuming you you like Scrabble. Mm. So I can assume from there that you probably want to play something where you feel like you're you know, creating creating something and keeping tally of something. Because that's usually what I like from Scrabble. I think that um, something that is helpful is to find a theme that connects with the people because... If that's a problem I have with like abstract games in general, is like mm -hmm. while they're really great, people don't immediately connect with them the way they do. Like if someone is really into um, like zombies, the way that they would connect to like zombie dice or like mm -hmm. Dead of Winter or Last Night on Earth or like I remember once like 
this guy was looking for a game and he was like, yeah, you know, like maybe like 45 minutes to an hour, like doesn't have to be too competitive. And I'm like, oh, well, like this is pandemic, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, he's like, oh man, like two of my friends are nurses. Like, <laughs> great. They'll love this. And that's the thing. Like if you find a theme that people can connect with, I feel that they are already more engaged with it and more willing to like stick it out. Right. If that makes sense. It's like Camel Up or Colt Express. Do you yeah. like recommending games like that where you're like, you guys are a bunch of like people, uh, you know, in Egypt and you're betting on a camel race. Like that yeah. gets people like, oh, like yeah, I like- want to go and be a rich person in Egypt. And other people, you know, you say Colt Express, you're a bunch of cowboys and you're, you know, you, you're bandits. You're going to go on this train and rob it. And you all have different characters and people are like, oh, and then they get into the characters. So sometimes, sometimes people get into the story, but then you also get those people. I find couples a lot of the times I get them into a lot of abstract games is what they tend to be into. Um, and I think the idea behind that is this idea of a one V one where it's about getting to know that person through the ways that they play games. Yeah. How they that, think, how yeah, they respond. They find fun that you can play like, you know, a million rounds of the Duke and never really get tired of it <laughs> because each time you're both learning together skills and strategies and seeing how the other person interacts with you. And Emily's not wrong about how an abstract game can sometimes be off-putting, but abstract yeah. can also be really useful and kind of a way in if they liked Connect Four when they were little. Mm. That's where you start them off with Quarto, yeah. and you or say Pentago or Yinch if anything, they're a little more anything adventurous. Anything quicker, I feel, for the abstracts is a good place to start off, mm-hmm. um, and then just throw a bunch of yeah, them at them. Yeah, like throw like five or six of them at them. Quarto's a great one because Quarto can take like five minutes, mm-hmm. and if people like it, they play it over and over and over and over again, and then they kind of like have warmed up to the idea of like, yeah, games without themes, you know, games where it's just bits and there's no like bigger sort of idea behind and it. Onitama is a great one because yeah. it's so simple, it's Kalami's so fast a good to one. teach. Kalami's good too because you can customize that game. So that's the thing I love about teaching it is I teach it with the basic board. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'm like, so now you guys can like make whatever boards you want. And if there are holes, this is how you play with holes and mm-hmm. do whatever you want. Have fun. Yeah, mentioning that you can build the board in any shape you like and how it completely changes the game if you put a big donut hole in the middle or if you yeah. shape it like the letter C. Uh, that's like the last thing that I leave them with is I get up to leave the table. And of those games on the sampler platter, Kalami, I find, is the one that most commonly winds up sticking around and getting played more than once and leading to at least something else. Yeah. So Jeff LaChapelle, one of the other gurus, has this trick that he uses with absolute beginners. He'll ask this question. He'll say, do you want to ask questions? Do you want to build something? Or do you want to beat the crap out of each other? Nine times out of ten, they say beat the crap out of each other, as far as I can tell. But... um, uh, that, that sort of probing question seems to lead down some very productive avenues for him. And based on how they respond, he'll say, if, if, if they say want to build something, okay, so do you want to build this, do you want to build that, and sort of lead to different options through there, whether it's um, Villa Paletti or Vertigo or Hamster Roll or Bandu or Lifted or Ugtext, depending on these things. If they want to ask questions, then it sort of goes down the, uh, the question of, right, are we going for like a creativity type of thing? Are we going for like a trivia type of thing? You know, is this a concept? Is this a timeline? And, and, and sort of narrowing in on the, on the focus of what it is they're looking for. That's, that's his approach. Are there any sort of questions that you've found productive in dealing with somebody who has no idea what they're doing? Just on, um, on Jeff's thing, the reason why I like that particular thing that he says so much is the, um, the simplicity of the language. Mm. You know, if somebody has never played a board game before they're not going to know what, you know, what dexterity, what a right. dexterity game There's or no what, jargon or at like all. what the difference is between light strategy and like regular strategy mm-hmm. or all that sort of stuff. And yeah, because there's no jargon and no weird words, like everybody knows what, like if some, if you say to somebody, do you want to build a thing? 
everyone's going to be able to conjure up an image of exactly what that is and if they enjoy it immediately, right? Like, because sometimes you'll go up to people and you'll be like, yeah, like a dexterity game. They'll kind of give you this like blank look and like they know what the word dexterity means, but they don't know what it means in the context of board games. And then you say, it's like Jenga and then the light bulb yeah, goes like, off. But even then. It's like stacky, grabby stuff. But exactly. Yeah. Going straight to it by saying, do you want to build something? Yeah. It makes it so much more approachable yeah. and you'll get better answers because people won't have to take that extra time to try to kind of like make sense of what you're saying to them. Mm -hmm. It's also the thing too, of you can easily alienate customers I find by using language that they aren't familiar with. So as soon as you say to someone like, let's say someone wants a strategy game and you know, you say something like, cool, are you guys like, are you guys comfortable with like turn phases and then their eyes glaze over and <laughs> yeah, you go or like, oh, okay or like worker placement it's like yeah. Uh, yeah and then you're like oh dear i asked a wrong question and now these people are going to be like we'll go find someone else because they're afraid they they're get like, a little scared we'll just, we'll just grab monopoly if they've China. revealed yeah. that they play agricola then sure you yeah. can mention you can that kind stuff, of ask those questions and be like you guys then, are cool with this yeah yeah so i think the thing is is making sure the language you're using is accurate for the customer's um experience with board games right you have to meet them where they are Mm -hmm. i just like to cut out like all the language altogether and i usually just go with like any sort of hand hand signals so if if i go up to people (laughs) (laughs) i go up to people and i'll ask them oh like are you guys looking for a game what types of games do you guys like and when they go oh we don't really know you know we did like games we want something fun then I'm like, oh, okay. So they probably don't know a lot about games because they, they can't like even clarify a category for me. Sure, they're in trouble okay. articulating yeah. what they're looking for. What they're looking for. So then I'll usually go up to people and say, okay, so do you want a game that's like this? And I'll like sort of wave my hands everywhere as though like, you know, you're playing something that requires a lot of dexterity or that requires like a lot of hand hand movements. Or a lot of panicking and yeah, flailing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of flailing yeah. and stuff and, uh, and signify that. And then you can kind of break that down from there to find out what, uh, what that means to them Mm. um or i'll do you know do you guys want something and then like i'll kind of i'll i'll like laugh i'll be like this kind of like that um where you guys like laughing a lot and uh then i'll do or do you want something that's like this and i will stroke my chin and look very pensive Mm. and usually from there someone will pick one of the hand signals and identify with that and be like that's what we want and then from there you can kind of go okay okay so so you guys like hand flailing so do you guys want something that's timed do you want something that's like really fast and you only have so much time to do it so there's pressure or do you want something where you guys have to build something very carefully um and then you can get sort of get down just into the actions that people are going to be doing in the games and find out what resonates with them though there are times too when i'll just ask people like how long do you want to play it for and from there, I can take them into a couple different categories. Someone says they want to play a game for two hours. They're probably going to want to play something intense that's strategic. Sure. They're not going to want to play a dexterity game for two hours, usually. Uh, I've never a run into that dexterity person. dexterity game. That would be, <laughs> wow. Pretty epic. Um, when usually someone says, you know, we just want a few short games that are like, you know, five minutes, ten minutes each. That's usually abstract or dexterity or something that's a small box. So you take them small box games. Do you find there's some questions that can help uh, you find a theme for somebody, or does or, or does asking that question not really reveal it? Um, I something that I like to ask on top of all these things, these mm-hmm. are all good. Is um, if trying to kind of like get an understanding of how competitive these people are, because one of the first, because if one person or if if anybody is feeling not particularly competitive then if you're going to take them to a bunch of like really aggressive sort of stuff, then it might not work. So trying to like get that out of the way immediately to kind of like take them towards like co-op games or like team games or games that kind of like have a more kind of like fluid understanding of like what winning and losing is kind of like concept <laughs> right. um, is a good place to start because 
yeah, like some people don't want to, you know, be, what, what does Jeff As say? As Jeff said, be beat the crap out no, of each some other. Some people don't want to beat the crap out of each other. Some people just want to like hang out and play board games and move stuff around on a board and that's totally fine. And there are competitive games that can be kind of like that or there are co-op games that will be completely like that, right? So... Which co-op do you tend to bring out most often for that situation? Um, it depends like how much time they want to right. commit to a game. Like that's the thing. Like another good idea is like Amanda was saying, like yeah. how much time they feel like committing to a game. You know, because if somebody wants to commit to a thirty-minute game and they want something co-op, then maybe like you know Hanabi or maybe something like Concept or Castle you know, Castlevanic. Yeah, if but they if, like fantasy. Yeah, that's the thing. If they like fantasy again. Themes. Yep. Um, but if they want to play something a bit longer, Pandemic's a good one to start off with, Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert, all that sort of stuff. So the other thing that um, is is a good idea that you can kind of try too is uh, just talking about, in terms of competitive levels, talking about how competitive people are at the table. So does everyone want to like be versus each other and have it be really competitive that way? Do they want it as like one person is the super competitive person and let's all be against them? Or, or split into teams. Yeah, split into teams. Or do you want something that's, you know, we're all actually going to work together and be against the game because, you know, Joe hates losing by himself. So mm. if we all beat Joe, he's going to be really mad. <laughs> Everyone's I'll be got, I'll be yeah. Great. Everyone's always got the one Joe at their table that's you know <laughs> hates that. There's always one of them who you know you you go back and you're like, how was everything? And he's like, I hate it. And you're like, what happened to him? And they're like, he lost. You he don't lost. have to know much <laughs> about games to know that that's not going to be a good experience for you, or that yeah. you're, or that you'll be okay with having that kind of yeah, experience. yeah. All right, that'll wrap it up for this week. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about on the show, tweet it to us at SnakesCast or post it on the Snakes and Lattes Facebook page. Emily Meadow, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Always a pleasure. Yay. The SnakesCast is produced by <laughs> P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Thank you for listening. Game on. Game on.